are listening to Grace and Mercy Podcast. This podcast is for people who want to know the grace of God and how it changes the way we interact with the world. I'm your host, author Darlene Bojack, and in this episode, we are going to read what Matthew has to say about grace. As I told you, I'm going to be focusing on each of the books of the Bible in order, um, alternating Old Testament to New Testament. So today we're going to find what Matthew has to say about grace. Now, I was very disappointed preparing for this um, episode because I found out that charis, the word for grace in the New Testament, charis is not in Matthew. I said, what? How can charis, how can Matthew have not mentioned grace? And then I found out that Mark does not mention Carissa as either. And then I found that Luke does. So I said, what am I going to do? How can it not be in there? This is a very important concept. So here's the facts. Carice is a form of a feminine noun, which is starts with car. It means favor, disposed to, inclined, favorable towards, leaning towards, like a benefit. And then properly it's used to mean grace. And it's preeminently used of the Lord's favor, freely extended to give himself away to people because he's always leaning toward them. It's an interesting aspect of it, having to be leaning, to lean toward. And then it says um, that grace answers directly to the Hebrew Old Testament term, term chen, which is what we talked about last time. Chen, which is grace as a noun. Both refer to God freely extending himself his favor, grace, reaching, inclining to people because he's disposed to bless, parentheses, be near them. Now, caris is sometimes rendered thanks, but the core idea is favor or grace, extension toward, reaching toward. So in investigating, how does Matthew use this idea I found the word Cairo, which comes from the same root, favorably disposed, leaning towards. It's a cognate with caris, but this is properly to delight in God's grace or rejoice, literally to experience God's grace or favor or be conscious or glad for his grace. So, Cairo is the word we're going to be looking at in the book of Matthew, which is a reaction to grace. And from the root, grace. I guess you could say it's the inverse or the um, reflexive. So, um, Cairo means glad for grace. It has a direct etymological connection with caris. The other word 
that is connected is called is kara. Kara is another um, feminine noun from the root kar, or, which is extended favor, lean toward, be favorably disposed. And kara is also the awareness of God's grace, favor, or joy, recognizing it. So Matthew does talk about this, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We will investigate what does grace mean in Matthew. So the first time we find uh, grace, this kind of grace, is a very interesting verse that is familiar to anybody who knows the Christmas story. It is Matthew 2.10, where Matthew uses both forms of charis. It uses kara and kairo. Matthew 2.10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. In the Greek, it says, Ekarason karan. They rejoiced, Ekarason, with joy, karan. And the word great comes afterwards, megalon. You've heard of megalodon. So we have a double. So, okay, I give... Matthew permission since the first time he introduces the idea of grace, he mentions it both because the wise men in their pursuit to know God's Messiah, the King born to the Jews, they find it and they rejoice exceedingly with great joy. So the next time we see it is in Matthew Five. Matthew 5, Jesus is uh, giving the Beatitudes. He says, Matthew 5, 12, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Of course, the word for rejoice would be here, the very first. Rejoice and be glad. Then we have Matthew thirteen twenty. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is a story of the parable of the sower when Jesus explains what it means. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. So three times so far, we see the rejoicing when somebody finds, finds grace. We have the wise men who rejoice when they see the star coming down to Bethlehem. We see people who have been persecuted rejoicing, which is a strange one. But I have heard great stories of people in persecution who have a sensation of God's presence that is uh, unusual. And so Jesus said to rejoice when you're persecuted. And then here we have uh, the seed that falls on rocky ground is someone who hears the word and receives it with joy. And we know the rest of the story. People who are on the rocky soil, when persecution comes, they can't hold their ground. Next time we see the word for grace 
uh, is Matthew thirteen forty four. Ooh, the parable of the treasures and the pearl. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I'm finding it very interesting that joy is a response to something. The response to grace as we heard about in the definition. Okay, verse 18, Matthew 18, 13, a parable of the lost sheep. And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. Oh, wow. This is an analogy, not of us, but of, of God's rejoicing. And it, and it says in the next verse, in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. He doubles up his emphasis that this is an analogy of God rejoicing over finding that one sheep. Reminds me of the favor over that sheep. So it's almost like the he receives favor from himself for finding the sheep. Okay, we have Matthew twenty five twenty one, parable of the talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Okay, Matthew twenty six forty nine. This is when Judas betrays Christ. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Which is, I wonder where the word is in this verse. We have, oh wow, it's in the word greetings. Now that is interesting. When he says greetings to Christ, he uses this word grace. I find that very ironic. Then we have Matthew twenty-seven twenty-nine. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Again, the word hail, the greeting, is used here of Christ. Matthew 28, 8. This is at the resurrection. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Okay, so they have received some news with joy. Grace causes grace. Caris causes kara. Interesting to me again. Um, and Matt, the very next verse, suddenly, and behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. So he's giving them greetings. Okay, so we have three greetings. You have Judas greeting him. And you have the, the soldiers mocking him by saying, hail. And you have Jesus greeting 
So those are the times that we have the root of the word grace in the book of Matthew. So what does it teach me today? I think I think it's ironic that Judas said that to Jesus. He used that word. But you know what's also interesting? When we say, um, they used to say greetings in Israel. They would say, peace to you. And here it's grace and peace to you. Grace is another way of saying, like, hey, hello, greetings, grace. And I find it very intriguing that the word is tied with joy. So yesterday we read how in Genesis it was about asking for some favor. And here we see that tied to that is the joy of receiving the news. So we have the story of the plant that received it with great joy the story of the rocky soil that received the seed with joy. We see the story of the treasure in the field, finding the, discovering the the treasure with joy. So it's a reaction. It's a joyful reaction to grace. I feel like it's connected to favor. I still don't understand how it's connected to graceful like actions, and I'm looking forward to finding out more about this. All right, next time we will be doing Exodus. We'll see what Exodus has to say about Chen and Hanan. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with gratefulness that you've given us your word and that you have taught us even from Matthew's absence of the word charis, you taught us even more about the word grace and how people react to it. I pray that we would all grow in faith and grow in grace and peace uh, as we learn what you mean by grace in the Bible. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, that's it for this time. Thank you for listening to Grace and Mercy Podcast with author Darlene Bojek. This has been episode two of season one, Finding Grace. You can find the show notes, including uh, links to things we've been talking about on christianuniverse.org. Question of the week again is, what do you think grace is and where do you think you are blind about grace? Please send a comment in the show notes and we'd love to share your ideas on our next episode. See you next time.